We have spent some time looking at how things started and the mess we're in. Now we're going to look at where things are going and the final judgment. So in this Edify series, we're kind of moving through. We'll fill in some gaps later, but for now, let's take a look at what lies ahead when we wrap this all up, the, the world, the, the uh, forces of evil that we've talked about, all of that. We'll put that all into this, um, into this framework. This is in the, the last book of the Bible, so in the book of Revelation, chapter 20 is, is the big judgment. And so we're turning to that, and we're, we're going to look at what happens as God pulls all of these different areas together to close out the world in which we live. So final judgment. The lake of fire. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are also, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. There's a lake of fire. That's the, this is the final resting place. It won't be restful, but there's a rest, an end point for things. And that image of this lake of fire, the brimstone, the, the uh, sulfurous smell is going to be part of it. The imagery is just defining for us a place, a location that will encapsulate all that is evil, all that has caused the evil. All of those things are are going to be placed in that location. And God has has set this this site apart for this purpose. So this is coming. This is the thing that's that's ahead and the devil knows that. He knows that this thing is coming. He's trying to put it off as long as he can. So as long as his kingdom can continue here uh, as the prince of the power of the air, he can continue in this world and influence as many people as possible to reject God, to rebel against God's purposes, to keep his kingdom uh, at bay while what the devil wants to accomplish is is just delaying this process. He knows this is coming. He can read. He saw this book. So this this is out there ahead, but just putting it off is the goal. The devil who deceived them. So we've got this influencer, and the devil has been doing uh, influencing since the beginning. So we've had this negative impact on humanity. The, the thoughts that are our own uh, often trail and track with him so that whatever God ha- has put out there and said, this is good, this would be the thing to do, this would be loving. And for whatever reason built in us is this side that says, no, I you know, I think I'll go with envy and lust and meanness and and uh, just look at the thoughts that come to mind and and how angry I get about the simplest thing and you go, wow, where's all that come from? And we're just following along with the one who deceived and we and we so easily are entering into and aligning with him and and the things that he's. 
he's done. And so at this point, the Lord has said, that's enough. That's enough. Let's get rid of the deceiver. Let's get rid of him and those who have helped him. And there's more to the story we're not getting into today where the beast and the false prophet are playing a part at the end of the world. And, and God has just said, that's, that's it. And, and justice will come. What you will learn in Revelation 20 is that the justice that is longed for, there's something that when God designed us that looks for justice. Even though we have a twisted sense of what that means often, there is a sense of that's not fair, that's not right. And we long for that, those things to fall into place. And we want to see uh, good win out. Uh, it's not everyone looking for that, but for the most part, we're looking for that. That's why so many of the stories, hero stories, mythology, uh, westerns, the white hat, the black hat, and all, you're just looking for this good to win out in the end. So there's that sense that's built into us, and we're longing for that justice. And we can't get, we have a Supreme Court, we have judges and benches and all of that all around the nation and are all all over the world and even in their best days they don't do it right it's not perfect i mean they 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 do good and it's better than nothing but it's still you know you hear about some court decisions you go well that's where's justice in that because it's still we're longing longing for that time when it will actually be done and we often limit that and when we're looking at justice to our human side of this. What's in the physical world, the material world, cause and effect, and not the larger picture, the cosmic picture of what is happening in the spiritual universe, what God is doing wider than that, what the battles are that are happening, that are going back and forth in, in the heavenlies, in, in the spiritual dimension. We just may not think of those things, but it's bigger. So the justice goes beyond even what we see in court or what we think is fair or right or wouldn't that be good. There's something even bigger than that. But all of it is going to be addressed. And God is bringing that all together, and he's going to do that with the final judgment. He's going to bring all of those things, all of the injustices, all, all of those things we've longed to see corrected, will be dealt with. And that is the point of Revelation chapter 20. He's put, putting it all together, bringing it all together at this point. So the devil who, who deceived was thrown to the lake of fire and brimstone and will remain. The great white throne, this is Revelation 20 verse 11, I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it the earth and sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. God and his majestic holiness arrives, and it's time to judge. It's time to set things right in, in finality. So that's happening with the great white throne. And when this, this happens, the material universe the material world goes whoa and backs off because this is the ultimate this isn't just a decision made in a local court or a supreme court for a country this is the ultimate decision maker has just arrived and he 
will not be fooled. There are no excuses. There are no, well, wait a minute, back in so-and-so, or, you know, I was feeling bad that day. All the things we use when we go to court, it's all gone. This is the time when it all comes out, and he knows the ins and outs. He knows everything about every person. So that's what's going to happen here at the great, throne, great White Throne. The Great White Throne is for people. So he's already dealt with the devil, so we've had that. Now we've got the Great White Throne. Uh, and he does, this is the divine evaluation, verse 12. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. So we're given this, it's not like God can't remember things. But we're giving the imagery of, it's actually, we're going to keep record. And, and we're told that even that's what we talk about when we're having our gatherings around the tables here at the church, that... Our conversations, when we are elevating the Lord, when we lift Him up, according to Malachi 3.16, there are representatives, God's representatives, His angels, who are here listening, taking notes, and writing down names. So He takes our name, writes down that we were honoring His name, talking about Him, and that our conversation mattered. That gets recorded in the book. And then these are, you know, placed in giant file cabinets in heaven. Again, where, like he can't remember, but we're giving imagery that we can identify with, that these things are are being kept, and, and that we are known, and what we've said is known. So it matters. And in this case, we're talking about the, the ultimate, where at the end, we're, we're bringing up the, the people. So the dead both great and small, standing before God's throne. And that's, there are times when we think, well, you know, the rich get away with it. They don't pay the taxes. And if they go to court, they get off and, you know, because they can afford better attorneys. And so, you know, the, both the great and the small. So this is, the, this is like, you can, it doesn't matter who you are. This is the time when everything, everyone is going to be, face-to-face face face with the Lord, and He is going to bring up the things that, that you've done, said, how you approach life. So that's, that's this particular time. This is when this happens. He's opened the books, so He's got the record of how we, uh, how we lived our lives, how we, how we uh, achieved the things we've achieved, our attitudes, all of those things are going to be there. But he says, including the book of life. So that's key in this particular one because this, this group of people who are being evaluated at the great white throne judgment are not those whose name, who are named in the book of life. This is for everyone who is not named in the book of life. They're brought to this judgment because this, this has to do with the, the ultimate justice uh, ultimate decisions, all of the things that, that are related to uh, human beings' existence on earth and their relationship with God and others. All of that is coming out as these books and, and their lives are being uh, reviewed. The second death. This is verses 14 and 
through yeah, 15. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. This is the time when all, all of those details of life, the good and the bad, are brought forth. And then this is the ultimate end. This is, this is a uh, finalizing locality for the people whose right, their names are not recorded in the book of life. And they have chosen, that's the way they get there, to not be recorded in the book of life because they didn't want God. They didn't want him in their lives. They didn't want, uh, they didn't agree with where God was going and they didn't, all of the things that you think of when you think of uh, a rebellion is happening here. He wanted everyone to be part of his family and there are heavenly beings who rejected him and there are human beings who have rejected him and they've just gone their own way despite what he may have offered them along the way. This judgment is about those who have said no to God and decided to go their own way. Those people have said, we don't want God in our lives. And he so honors people's decisions that he said, then that is what you will have. So they now will be separated from God as they choose. So that's the result. The second death, the grave which is great because now death is gone as well, which is, that's pretty awesome. This lake of fire is the second death. So if you ever hear that referred to, that's the, this is that moment when this happens. So the second death, and that's, death is always separation. So separation from the body, from the spirit, that's death. The separation of a human from God, that's death. That's what we have in Genesis chapter 3 when God says if you take of that fruit and eat, then you'll, that day you'll die. That separation happens and they're separated from Eden and paradise and they're separated eventually from their own bodies when they die. Even though it's nearly a thousand years later for those guys. But there's still, there's a separation. So it's that divide that happens. And this second, when it talks about the second death, this is the finality of that death, that final separation. So the, this is a very serious situation and one that you don't want anyone to be caught in. It just is, it, it is so horrendous. When you think about the goodness of God and all that he's given to consider that people would reject all of that and then be separated from him and, and and all that is good because he is the one who is good. Now they'd be in the lake of fire with the devil, the beast, the false prophet. Consequences of choice. So Matthew 25 uh, kind of gives us a heads up as to where this came from. Matthew 25, 41 he says, the king, he's talking about a, doing this judgment, will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his demons. So Jesus kind of gives us some insight. This thing was prepared for the devil. This was, this was for the, this movement, this, this uh, 
rebel against God's purposes, one of his own, from the heavenly council who has turned his back on the Lord, decided to have, you know, run things himself. And there are people who want to do that as well. So the people, the spiritual beings, all of them are, are headed this direction. But it was prepared for the devil and his demons, those who are in league with him. So kind of gives us an idea. This, this is not a pleasant place, and it was prepared for those heavenly beings in the first place. Then we have a, the rebellion of human beings as well, and they are also going to be cursed, cursed in the sense they're going to be divided from God. They're going to be separated from him. They're going to be left without the goodness, the love, the light that God uh, brings. That's, the final justice is bringing all of those things, all of the all of the evil, all of the darkness that has happened in this world and unfolded around us, it, it comes to a head. And there are times when you think, well, you know, that, that guy got away with that. He, you know, he even, he, he, he dies in his sleep and nobody ever caught him uh, on all of this darkness. And maybe it comes out later and you go, well, you know, that guy, he never even had to face this. He'll face it. Everyone will face it. And all of those concerns that we may have that justice would be served don't have to be served in the time frame we have on this earth. So there's more to come, a whole lot more to come. And that is where things will actually be uh, dealt with with such clarity and completeness and finality that all of it will make sense because it's just handled by the one who really understands what justice is and there won't be nobody who takes bribes nobody who can twist justice it will be served it is a consequence of choice to go that direction but there's more because there's chapter 21 so in chapter 21 as John is looking forward and, he's, and the Lord told him, you've got to take notes, so write this down when he takes him to heaven and takes him into the future. So John writes this down and he says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared and the sea was also gone. So there's a whole new thing coming. And God is, is transforming what was, what had been had been destroyed or, or twisted or uh, influenced by evil, the darkness that had been there. He's taking that all out and he's, he's creating a new heaven, a new earth where all of these things are going to be working as they ought, where, where the heavenly beings are working in, uh, in harmony and, and they're all part of what is happening in heaven, joining with God because they want to. And the people who are joining with them are there because they want to, and they want to be part of this. And the new heaven and new earth will just provide an environment where all of those things can flow. And it's, that's what's coming. That's around the corner. In 21, Revelation 21, verses 3 and 4, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. 
He will wipe away, this is so cool, every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. That's a good thing. If you have a kidney stone, this is really a good thing. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain and they'll be gone forever. It's coming. God's home is now among his people. So take, take this trip back to Genesis chapter 1. He builds a world and he says it's good, it's very good. This world is so awesome. Puts people in it. He connects with the people. Then we find out in Genesis 3 that God walked in the garden with the people. So he's there. And we find out there are angels as well. And so there's heavenly beings. There's God in the garden. The heavens and the earth are connected. They're intersected there in the paradise of Eden. So all of that's going on. Then it breaks because of the rebellion. And then we have all of the chapters of the Bible getting us to this one that takes us back to to this new heaven, new earth. All of it in between is how do we get this back and God's working his plan through all the craziness that we see unfolding to, to bring this about, to bring about a new heaven and a new earth where God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. Huh. Isn't that what we started with? Come back around. At Christmas time, we talk about Emmanuel. So we, we have songs. We have all kinds of things that go with Emmanuel, which means God with us. So what's the point? The whole thing is about God with us. This, this whole knowing God, the whole idea of Christianity, what Christ came to do was so he could be with us and we could be with him. So it's God with us. And it's, look, Revelation 21. God's home is now among the people. He will live with them. And they will be his people. God himself will be with them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. It's him connecting. He wants to do that and he does it with us now. and, And we will one day just go and be with him. But this is the new heaven and new earth where all of that comes together. It's combined and heaven and earth, heavenly beings, earthly beings who are now resurrected and transformed are with the living God. And all of that is in the way it ought to be, which was the idea, once was, and it will come and it will even be better because God has transformed so many things to make this come about. It is really amazing. God wants his family. God wants his family. The freedom to choose God is given to God's heavenly and earthly beings. His creation may choose to go another way, ignore or even oppose him. So that people can go either way. They can go to God or, or they can say, I don't know, no God. I don't want God. I don't want him in my life. That's been the, the position of many through the years. Human beings, heavenly beings, both. And they, got, they, they have the opportunity to choose to say yes or say no. And 
And that's one of the things that God built into the whole system. He doesn't want to force anyone. He doesn't want to create robots. Could have done that in the first place. He doesn't do uh, a, a manipulation to make people come. He just offers and he invites. And he says, come, let me show you what I got. John 3.16, for God loved the world so much that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Love the world so much, he gives his one and only Son, and he says, That's how much I care. That's how much I want you to be part of my family, and I want to make it possible for you. And my Son is going to come, he's going to tell you about it. He'll also die on the cross because there's some legal things that need to be taken care of, and that will deal with those issues so that you have access to me and you can come be with me so that when this day comes the new heaven and new, the new earth God is with his family with his people and his people are with his with their God then all of that will come together and he's offering it it's available and as you and I know people say nope I'd rather do it my way and the heavenly beings we've read about in rebellion through these uh, early s stories that we've discussed in Genesis said, no, no, I want to do it my way. And they rebelled. There are consequences for that rebellion. God will bring justice. He will bring things around. But he also didn't force them. And he could have at any moment. He didn't. So the, we are still dealing with the ramifications of all that unfolded as a result of bad decisions that people have made. And just think about in your own life. Somebody makes a bad decision, and then you are left with the consequences. So Daniel, our son Daniel, is driving with his RV, which is like you know 100 feet long. It's not really, but it's a big one. And... This is last weekend, and so he's driving through, headed to the mountains of North Carolina to go see the daughter at a uh, play at a football game. Uh, she's not playing football; she's playing in a band. Anyway, so going to going to the event has somebody cut him off and then slow down in front of him. He can't stop that fast, so then he rear-ends him. So he gets a ticket. So somebody made a decision. Then Daniel's paying the fine. So the ramifications are somebody decides to cut him off for whatever reason and then slow down and then this event happens. He's okay. There's some damage to the vehicles, but he's okay. But the ramifications of things in our lives are like that all the time. Somebody does something. They make a decision. We suffer the consequences. So even in the world we live in, people are suffering the consequences of decisions made all the time. You go, well, here's a good decision. Here's a loving decision. And they choose to go a different way. So they just cut us off and hit the brakes. And then we're dealt with, or we're dealing with, the consequences of whatever just happened. And you go, how's that right? How, how is it that somebody else's decision to do something stupid winds up costing me 
And we pay a lot of taxes just for that. All over the place, paying for people's bad decisions. And God said, I love the world. I love those people. I want those people in my family. And they say, no. No. And if you've reached out to someone that you cared about and you loved and they bit your hand, you go, wow, that really does happen. Happens all the time. So that's what God is dealing with. He will bring it to a close. There will be a day when all of this is coming together and God will be with his people. And his people will be with their God. So we reframe. The end of this world and its systems will come. The end will come. And he will bring it all about. And he will do it right. God will fully dispense justice to his heavenly and earthly beings. All of it. The heavenly beings are going to be dealt with. We just read that. The devil and his demons are going to be in that location. Set aside from everyone and everything that is good. All of that that he has used and misused and abused is, is, will be unreachable by Satan and whoever else is gathered with him. God will fully dispense justice to his heavenly and earthly beings. God loves people and wants to join his heavenly and earthly family in beauty and harmony. That's when unity comes. We can talk about unity now, but we can't pull it off because inside we, we, our ideas of what that means is different and people are twisted in their ideas of what's just and good and right and loving and so we're coming at it from all kinds of different angles and yet when we have our minds cleared, you know, we don't have Satan twisting things or deceiving us, then we have, we have God guiding us into the light. And the beauty and the harmony comes together, not as robots, but as people who choose to be part of the family, connected to God. And all those heavenly beings will choose to be there as well. And those who are gathered there, the heavenly beings who are there, are there because they love God, but they also love you. Because God says, I, I'm, my angels are there to help those who are going to be the recipients of salvation. So I'm, they're, they're working in uh, a variety of ways to help out my people. And, and those people or those beings who we may not recognize or see right now have been working with us and for us over a lifetime. And we get to, we get to hang out with them, and, and they love us already. So it's pretty cool. Heavenly beings, earthly beings, all together, beauty and harmony, together with God as he is with his people. So that's where we're headed. The final judgment is for good, not for evil, to bring hope and to bring about the ultimate good. And he is in process of making that happen, even today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for allowing us some time together, time to look into the scriptures and look down the corridor of time to see what is ahead and what you are doing and how things will work out, Lord, that we might have hope now, even though it's maybe frustrating and we don't understand the, the, the pain or the, the 
things, the way things go, the situations we're in, that you have a plan and your plan is for good and that you are going to bring these things together in such a way that we will be so oh, blown away by it all. A new heaven, a new earth, a place where we all come together and every tear will be wiped away. We long for it. We look forward to it. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.